Tonight's gospel lesson reminds me of a line that is in the Eucharistic prayer A that we have been saying during this Lenten season. And those of you that have grown up in the church have heard it countless times. It's a little line that says, what does it say? (laughs) In your infinite love, you made us for yourself. That's what it says. In your infinite love, you made us for yourself. Maybe you remember that line. Maybe not. It's about the time when everybody starts to kneel. It's about the third line in Eucharistic Prayer A. In your infinite love, you made us for yourself. This highlights God's intention for our relationship with him. How he understands who we are in relationship with him. He made us in his infinite love for himself. We can see this in the second creation story found in the book of Genesis, in the second chapter. You might recall that in that version of the creation story, God collects the dirt and forms the first man out of the dirt. Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Out of the very soil, God creates Adam, and it says that he breathes his spirit into him, He breathes his own spirit into Adam, and with that, Adam breathes and has life. In that creation story, God says that Adam is to rule all things all over the earth and ends up making another human being to be his helpmate, that they might rule the earth together, that they might be fruitful and multiply. In this story, we see God's infinite love for us and how it is that God has made us for himself. But this union has been broken over time because of our desire to go it alone. We seem to have this innate inclination to see how far we can make it from our own strength, our own endurance, our own breath. We are tempted to be all-powerful, We wish at times we were all-knowing. We strive to be all-present. And we will pursue that until we can't pursue it any longer. You can see humanity's attempts at that throughout all of history. And so we become separated from God in this endeavor, in our desire to go it alone. I guess I'm a little... Um, consoled, if you will, to hear this characteristic of humanity because I have it within myself. Perhaps it's part of that New England determined spirit, and maybe that's why I feel so at home in this part of the country. Although I would guess that it is reflected in all parts of the world, this desire to go from our own strength, to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, to make our way in the world, if to prove it to nobody else but at least to ourselves. I remember on one occasion when I had come from a meeting and I was walking out of my car into the office building, and I had gone into the meeting not feeling very well prepared, a little overwhelmed by the charge that we had to do together, this group and I. And we had, in our meeting, advanced our work together 
and I had relied heavily on some particular gifts of some other people around that table. And I was reflecting on this as I walked from my car to my office, and I was berating myself for what I didn't know. I thought, oh gosh, I should have known that. Or I wish I had thought that we would need that, because we do, and I'm so glad that so-and-so thought of it, but gosh, what if I hadn't been aware of it? Or what if that person hadn't been there to bring it to my attention? We wouldn't be where we are now. And rather than seeing that as a gift, I started to feel less valuable. I was upset with myself for what I didn't have going into that meeting and for what I needed from those people around the table. And it was as if God spoke to me directly. In fact, I would say God did, although I don't think anyone else there could hear it in the parking lot. But God said to me, Whitney, you're supposed to need them. We are supposed to need one another. And we are reminded of that in our gospel lesson today. Here is Jesus at the end of his life. Our reading is from the 13th chapter of John. This is the beginning of a big teaching that Jesus does here in John's gospel. It's a teaching that lasts all through the, chapter, the end of chapter 17. It's called his high priestly prayer. It's the prayer that he makes on behalf of his people to God. And it starts at the very beginning with us hearing from Jesus. Loving his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. That ragtag group of followers, each with their gifts and their challenges. Jesus loved his own. They were in the world, and he loved them to the end. He goes on to teach them what it means to be a follower of him. And he takes off his outer garment and ties a towel around his waist and goes to wash their feet. We see and hear in Peter a desire to say, this is not the way things go. And he asks Jesus, you're going to wash my feet? You shouldn't wash my feet. That's the job of a servant. You are my king and my master. You are my teacher. I should be washing yours. Here, Peter wants to claim his identity, and he's claiming it in a way different than what Jesus wants him to realize. And so Jesus says, unless I wash your feet, you have no part in me. And with that, Peter says, well then, don't just do my feet. Do my hands and my head too, because I want to be a part of you, Jesus. And Jesus reframes this for Peter and helps him to see what is happening in the washing of his feet. We need one another, is what Jesus is saying. I need you, and you need me. You need me for your salvation, and I need you to make my salvation known in the world. Because I have no body on earth but yours. No hands, no feet on this earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which I look compassion on the world. Yours are the feet with which I walk to do good. Yours are the hands with which I bless the world. 
Jesus doesn't say these words, but Teresa of Avila did. And we see in Jesus' demonstration of washing the disciples' feet of what he needs from them. He needs them to be his students as he is the teacher. He needs them to be his servants as he is the master. And he needs them to go and do what he has done for them. To love one another. To go into the world loving one another. And so he equips them. And he strengthens them with this holy meal. Teaching them of what it means to take him into themselves by eating the bread which is his body and the blood which is and the wine which is his blood. Jesus promises to go with them into the world so that they might be the students he calls them to be as their teacher, so that they might be the servants that they long to be for their master, to go into the world serving in the name of God as demonstrated in Jesus so that Jesus' transforming love might be known among us. Amen. Amen.